We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like, we call him uh, Gandalf because, like, he's never early or late. He's always <laughs> at the right time. And my job is to never stop, regardless of percentages. I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. If y'all didn't quite get it, let me say it again. I'm here to stay. Hello and welcome to the Uncontested podcast where we cover the NBA, OKC Thunder, and pop culture. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and at our website, theuncontestedsports.com. I'm the Thunder Mob, Jacob Niffin, and this evening I am joined by, straight out of his mom's basement, Nick Crane. Yo, yo. (laughs) And finally logging into the podcast due to his dial-up connection, Taylor Peterson. <laughs> should I uh, should I do a sound bite drop in there and get that old uh, that old dial up sound going for you? Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. So we have a lot to talk about today. We're gonna break down this Carmelo Anthony saga and the report that he is on his way out of Oklahoma City. We are going to talk some summer league basketball happening in Las Vegas right now. We're going to look at free agents that are still in the market, review some of our bets, and other things. But first off, we're going to start with the Thunder as a whole. I'm throwing it over to Nick. Alrighty, so Thunder as a whole. Obviously, the biggest news in the Thunder right now is the Carmelo Anthony saga. Um, uh, Woj and Royce have both reported that Melo and the Thunder will part ways uh, before the season starts for sure. Um, how do you guys feel about the mellow experiment? Uh, you know, Kevin O'Connor reported that uh, many league execs believe that he'll be landing in either Houston, uh, L.A., Miami, or Philadelphia. Uh, 
Mello, which doesn't surprise me. Uh, Mello's agent, uh, been talking to Rockets execs um, and CP3 and the rest of their group at Summer League. Uh, we've also had some reports. Uh, Woj reported today that Mello and OKC actually hope to come to a resolution here in the next seven to ten days. Uh, so, you know, maybe by the time we, we do our next pod that we, we could have a lot more information. He may actually be gone by then. And uh, Tim Reynolds has reported that uh, Presti's actually been in meetings all day uh, trying to come up with a solution. Um, that's, you know, kind of crazy news. We're hoping that maybe Presti, um, through these meetings, can somehow uh, pull some Presti magic and either get someone in return or, you know, get something back from Mello. You know, it would suck to get or suck to lose a player of his caliber, um, you know, for basically nothing. Uh, what's your guys' takes on all these reports? And, um, you know, what are you thinking through all this right now? So I think, I mean, we, we all have kind of hypothesized ever since the end of the season that Melo is probably the odd man out, right? Especially once Paul resigned, we assumed Melo was probably the odd man out. And then they went and got Nerlens Noel and then got another big man in the rotation, and we assumed Carmelo Anthony was out. So while the, the Woj and Royce report like made it official, I, I feel fairly confident saying that none of us were super surprised by that, right? Yep. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like you said, all the clues were there from all the way back. To, I mean, before exit interviews, there were clues, but especially with exit interviews, yeah. we saw you know the PG quotes and stuff about, I can't wait to come back with Russ and Steve and you know talk to Preston and Coach Billy. Um, and then obviously, like you said, Jacob, all the things that have happened this offseason have pointed to Melo leaving. So it's not surprising, but I did think it was curious uh, the Woj and Royce report came out when it did, which made me think that something official had to have happened. Either Mello's reps or the Thunder uh, came to you know Roy saying, "Hey, will you get this out?" Um, so yeah, kind of, I'm, I'm like you said, Jake. I'm not surprised. Yeah, the, the you bring up an interesting point there is that the the timing is is I don't want to say suspicious, but the timing's interesting. You know yep. why why then. Um, you know, I know Woj has tons of of sources and agents and everyone in his back pocket, but somebody gave Royce and Woj that information, yep. and I promise you it wasn't the Thunder front office. Uh, we can probably assume that it was Mellow's, Mellow's people, but why then... You know, what's the motivation behind it? I always think that's that's interesting and something that we really have to consider with any news is who's leaking it and what what is their overall goal in leaking that information? You know? So maybe Mello's Mello's representation leaked that information, letting people know that there's possibly a buyout going on. That way, instead of getting traded, he just gets bought out and can sign where he wants. You know, maybe it was an attempt to sabotage some, some the, the the Thunder front office in order to get get Mello the best possible deal by leaking that information. You know, so it's uh it's kind of interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, I'll first of all say uh, Mello has always been one of my favorite players in the league. Um, you know, even on the Thunder, with just how frustrating he was. Um, you know, I still loved having him here. He's a great locker room guy. He's just, he's, you know, he's a hall of famer. Uh, you can never take for granted, no matter how the situation ended up that we had a guy like that. And in such a small market, like Oklahoma and who city chose to come to OKC, right. Wave the no trade, wave clause, the no trade you know? clause. 
Um, but as far as Mello himself leaving, uh, I just wanted to discuss, um, you know, what our team will look like without him. Um, you know, where where his points go. Um, so what what is y'all's take on the team? What we look like going forward, and what do we really lose uh, by Mello um, leaving Oklahoma City? That's an interesting question. You know, I think a a big topic, a big point of discussion around Thunder fans now is, is this addition by subtraction? You know, will the team get better for Melo not being on the roster? And Melo, you know, for his lack of efficient basketball, he definitely had some gravity out to that three-point line. You know, he did provide spacing because he would pull defenders out of the paint. But at the same time, he scored 16 points a game. And he averaged 15.2 shots a game. And so when if you just take the roster that we had last year and you redistribute those 15 shots, you know, three of them go, three more go to Adams, uh, four go to Abrinas, two more go to Paul George, five more go to Patrick Patterson, etc. You know, um, that, does that net gain you more than 16 points? Right, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say the same thing. You know, more specifically, I kind of sat there and broke it down. You know, out of those fifteen shots, um, you know, instead of Mello, you know, shooting three, you know, post up shots a game. That's you know, three more post ups for Adams, who's a you know a much better shooter from the field. Um, instead of you know three or four threes from Mello, that's three threes, four threes. You can go to you know Abrinas, or more specifically, his position. Uh, threes that you know Patterson could take or even like Paul George could take and instead of those terrible ISO situations where Melo shot you know four or five ISO shots a game that's a shot that you know Russ could take it to the hole Um, I know he's not the most efficient scorer sometimes but yeah if if you give 15 shots and you redistribute those to the right people I definitely think that that you're getting more than 16, 16 points, points out of again. It. Well, something else to mention too, and I was thinking about uh, mentioning this with the Noel uh, signing that we'll be touching on, but I think it fits probably better here. Brett Dawson's uh, covering the summer league for the Oklahoman, and so he's in Vegas and actually got to sit down and talk with Billy quite a bit today. He tweeted out, and one of the quotes he actually tweeted, I think he's coming out with a story about this later. But Billy said that uh, you know he wasn't, he didn't say a whole lot about Carmelo other than he enjoyed working with him. But then he continued to say, I don't know where all that's going to end up, but I think style play-wise for our team, the way it looks, the best thing for our team is to play faster. And I said all last, or not all last season, but quite a bit of last season, I felt the Thunder were at their best when they played tr- play transition basketball, were driving to the hole, kicking out to shooters or, you know, drawing fouls with Russ and PG or kicking it down low to Steven. And because they play such great defense, particularly when we had Dre. And then also those first couple of games when we had Corey Brewer, you know, he ran the well, he ran the floor so well with Russ. I got really excited about their transition. So I think that alone, that uh, adjustment and style of play is going to best you know, best fit our team. And I think just with that alone, you can make up a good amount of those points right there. Not to mention, like you guys said, the other role players stepping up, getting more shots, etc. I think it is going to be an addition by subtraction, but I certainly, I mean, we do lose some spacing. So, yeah. So to touch on that quote again, I, I love that quote. And yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. Like I'm excited for this whole season. Mello was fat as fucking slow. That's true. You know, like out of shape. They, yeah. The, there's a reason Huffin, why Huffin. Mello's job in transition was trail and be <laughs> that outlet for the catch and shoot three because he was so 
fucking slow that he couldn't keep up with everybody else, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. um, playing there's fast. There's a reason he's not, you know, his career is not lasting as long as a bronze, and he, he, he's lost him with that athletic ability because he hasn't yeah. taken Dude, care he, of his body. He can so. barely dunk anymore. Like, how yeah. many times have we seen <laughs> Melo so miss, like, point-blank layups because he can't get over the damn rim? You know? <laughs> For sure. Like, that pissed me he's off. He's out of breath. Oh, I know, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah. I, I agree. And, I mean, and and, look at the guys that they're bringing in. We got Ferguson that's going to be back next year. Um, I And we'll talk about this here in a bit, but I'm a firm believer that Hamadou Diallo is going to be on the 15-man roster come September. Um you know, yeah. you're going to have our starting lineup of Russ, Dre, PG, Adams, maybe Jeremy Grant. You got Nerlens now coming off the bench. I mean, you want to talk about an athletic team. This team can run. They can jump. They'll run you out of the gym. And, and they yeah. have length for days, you know. So I, I think the, this idea, yeah, they're, they're going to play faster, and no mellow allows them to do that. Also, I think they're going to be a lot better defensively without mellow. Melo, throughout the course of a game, wasn't a huge defensive liability, and he actually did have pretty good hands. The problem with Melo defensively came late in games and in the playoffs whenever a team would scheme against us. I mean, I vividly remember the second-to-last game against Houston last season. It was here in Oklahoma City, and that whole fourth quarter was Chris Paul or James Harden with the ball. And they would find whoever Mello was guarding and make that guy come up and set the screen. And they would get the switch and get Mello on Harden or Chris Paul every time every down the possession. court. You know, yep. and yep. Utah did the same thing and just exposed him because he can't move. He's, he's too old. He's too slow. He's too out of shape. He's not athletic enough to slide his feet and stay in front of people. Now, you've got Jeremy Grant, Patrick Patterson doing that. Right. And I think we both played some solid defense and I are very switchable. Sorry, Nick. On the uh, on the point of you know losing Mello for nothing, obviously that would suck. Um, and and obviously this question I'm about to ask has no uh, credibility, um, assuming that Mello, you know, gives us that final verdict where he says, you know, for example, I want to go to Houston. I'm not waiving my no trade clause for anybody else. At that point, we'd have absolutely no, you know, traction. But, but say that he is, you know, open to a couple of teams. Do you think the fact that teams around the league are hearing that he's leaning towards maybe a Houston puts pressure on other teams to maybe consider a trade? You know, maybe if if Melo comes out that his that his number one choice is Houston but he's not dead set on it, does that maybe put some pressure on L.A. or Miami to say, you know, maybe if, if he's going to go to Houston, we'd, we'd, you know, we'd be willing to give up, give up somebody in a trade or, you know, like a team like that, maybe more willing to, to, to make a move with Presti knowing that they really need him and, um, you know, he's going to go to Houston uh, more likely than not. Does that put pressure on other teams to, to make a move? That, I think it puts oh, – sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Taylor. Okay. I think it uh, puts more pressure on Presti. I think it's the other way around, and here's why: you're you're not just going to take Mello now in a trade. You're going to want something attached to that that you can keep for this, or the other side of that is you're going to want to get rid of some really bad contracts. And you may not be if, like, for example, if the Miami Heat knew that they were going to get to keep Mello, and they said, you know what, we could probably work Mello out, get him back into shape. He could be. We still think he can contribute. They're going to be willing to trade a little more for Mello. Where now, if they think he's, they're just going to buy him out and he's going to head to Houston, 
then, you know, they're just going to give us, you know, James Johnson contract and a couple of those others, which still wasn't an awful scenario for OKC. But I think that point right there that you just made, Nick, I think that kind of actually makes it a little tougher on Presti. Can I, can I make a, a hot take right here on the pod real quick? Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. Okay. Hot take sounder. So, yeah, we'll, we'll drop it in there. Um, but before we get any farther with this mellow stuff, here, here's my hot take. Here's my prediction is that at the end of the day, if they end up just doing a buyout and stretch with mellow, they, they are unable to find a trade partner. They're unable to get anything back for Carmelo Anthony before camp training camp starts. The Thunder will make a trade to better the roster, and that trade will include Kyle Singler's expiring contract, technically his expiring contract, and Alex Sabrinas. Ah, uh, yeah. I like that. I can see that for sure. I like sure. that a lot. And, and they're just going to run. Good. Since Alex is expiring, they're just going to run with Terrence Ferguson and have Hamadou Diallo there, and they will – if you trade a Sabrinas like and a single, Singler – um, that's pretty enticing for another team. That's two guys that are expiring and get you $10 million off your books in 2019. Um, Abrinas is a young shooter who's got some promise. Yeah. Uh, Singler's just a sack of shit, but you know, he's, <laughs> he's expiring. So at least you right. got that going for you. But um, that's $10 million. And I, I think teams really want to, to get, off money to get in the 2019 free agency. I think you could go out and get someone for about 10 million. That would, uh, that would be a really solid addition to the team. I agree. I like that. Do you think, do you think this, this news of, um, you know, potential decision being made here in the next seven to 10 days, like they said, do you think that is partly the thunder wanting to figure this out sooner than later so that we can, you know, make that decision on who else we want to sign in free agency before all these guys are taken. Oh, definitely. I think that could definitely be it. Here we go. Here, yep. here, here's another. I'm going to add to my hot take. You ready? Yeah. If they just buy and stretch, buy out and stretch Mello, you can still trade Abrinas and Singler for Dion Waiter straight up. It still gets my yes. the Miami Heat cap relief in 2019 because both those deals come off the books, and they would save 10 million dollars in the deal. Meanwhile, the Thunder have Dion Waiters kind of anchoring that bench unit. Yeah, I think that's something people don't think about is maybe maybe we don't get anything in return for Melo, but the fact that he's off the books and we stretch him or whatever uh, can open up, like you said, trades exactly like someone just mentioned somewhere else. So, so and, and essentially, it's not losing Melo for nothing, but in the end, you couldn't have made that trade any other way. Yep. So, so at the end of the day, that almost becomes like Mello, Abrinas, and Singler for Dion Waiters. Right. But right. it also saves you about $110 million in salary and taxes combined. So you right. get Dion you, Waiters you, and you get money. You know, you, know, pre, you, know Presti, you know Presti's thought of stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Here, here's here's my that, belief is Presti is exhausting every option possible. He's going to leave no stone unturned. Oh, no yep. way. Uh, but on that topic, uh, we actually had a Twitter question from Barstool OKC. Uh, they asked us, uh, any chance we get something for Mello? And they specifically, in that question, said they were hoping for Gordon or Tucker, but it seems unlikely. And uh, we actually have a Mello trading game we put together. Uh, so, Jacob, go ahead and take that away. Magical! Hey, no way! Who paid you my level 2 Magikarp for your Charizard? Deal. It's a disaster. 
a trading disaster. Awesome. Yeah. So we are going to bust out the trading game again. The last time we did this, we traded for Kawhi Leonard. And that still hasn't happened yet. So we'll see if we were smart or idiots whenever whenever that trade finally goes down. I think we all probably assume that it's going to happen at some point in time. But today, let's trade Carmelo Anthony. So you two are in the war room with Sam Presti. Oh, you man. Are in, you are in the room with not only Presti, but with the ownership. And you know that the ownership wants to be competitive, but at the same time, they are not willing to swallow a $300 million uh, budget, a $300 million team this year. So they want to save some money. They know that something has to be done with Carmelo Anthony. And you have four trades on the table. Okay. Cool. They, they, they are they are here. Your options are one of these four. You guys are breaking them down, and you have to make a decision. What are we doing with Carmelo Anthony? So I'm going to give you guys a scenario. You discuss it, how much you like it or dislike it. I'll move on to the next scenario. Once we're through with all four, you make a decision on which trade you want to go with. All right? Cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. Awesome. Okay. Trade scenario number one is you have an offer on the table. You can send Melo and a second-round pick to Atlanta for Kent Bazemore. The the overall view of that trade is Thunder get Bazemore. They save $10 million in salary, $30 million in tax this season. So it's $40 million savings. You get Kent Bazemore. But Kent Bazemore has a $19 million player option for the 2019-2020 season. Ooh, I'm going lock you up. That's, this one's so much more different than the Kawhi trade because when we were doing the Kawhi trade, potential trades, we uh, basically were, were wanting to hold on to Kawhi unless it was just something that blew us away. Where this one, it's almost like any opportunity you get where you can trade that salary off for Melo you like, but you almost have to hear the other options before you can pull the trigger on this one. Yeah. So I'm going to say no as it stands, but if it's the last case scenario when it comes to trades, then I would still do it. Okay. Yeah, it's tough. But I'm open. We're, we're, we're not saving that much in taxes. Um, but, you know, Bazemore could be a, do, a good yeah. option off the bench. I do like Bazemore. So, yeah, I'm in the same boat. It's like if there's no other option, I'm definitely considering it. Uh, but I think if you can pull something off like that with Atlanta, there's definitely other options out there. So I'm going to say if we're assuming – we're just going to assume that as you're saying this, that these calls are coming in this order – so as of right now, we're going to say, Atlanta, we really thank you for uh, talking with us. We're going to talk about it for a little bit. We'll get back to you soon by the end of the day. Sounds good. All right. Scenario number two, Houston doesn't want to take any chances. They are just going to straight up trade for Carmelo Anthony. They are sending you Ryan Anderson and, oh. and P.J. Tucker. The management, OKC management, says – as soon as this trade goes through, they want to buy out Anderson for his $20 million and stretch the money over three seasons. So basically what this trade boils down to is you're getting P.J. Tucker on the roster. You are going to shed $13 million in salary and $39 million in taxes this season. So that's a total savings of $52 million this season by stretching and waving ryan anderson and you get pj tucker so 52 million in savings on pj tucker for carmelo anthony Ooh, 
that PJ Tucker having him on as your shooting guard really sweetens that deal. But I hate that Rhino contract almost as much as I hate the Mellow contract. Yeah, that Ooh. Ryan Anderson. They've been trying to move that thing for forever. They just can't do it. You know, That's they, they, they would have they would have got Mellow last year had they been able to move the Ryan Anderson contract, but nobody would take it. Yeah, I almost wanted to uh, say I, I don't know how the how this would work because I'm not super up to date on how this works. But uh, I was gonna say, where's John Hamlin? You need him. Yeah, <laughs> take that, take that deal, and then we try to figure out how to trade Ryan Anderson. But there may be you know like a sixty day or whatever until you can actually trade him. And at that point, it wouldn't work. But like Can't, you said, like no, nobody, thing, you know, right? Nobody wants that contract. So I mean, yeah, it's it essentially it saves us money. We're still buying out like we would have to do anyways, and we're getting PJ Tucker. And at the same time. The Rockets at that point would have zero defense, and I almost like us against them. Yeah, so it's good, almost like a double whammy. The Thunder are getting better. We're and saving money, and the Rockets have zero defense left. So I like that better than the Kent Bazemore. Um, oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, so I, I think that would be my number one option from what I've heard so far, but I still don't absolutely love it. That's a good point. I didn't. I was going to say I like the Bazemore before, uh, before you mentioned the, what it does to the Rockets. Um, it's a good point. All right, trade call number three is coming in. It is the Miami Heat. They will hey, take. Pat. They will take Carmelo Anthony off your hands. Um, you have to sweeten the pot a bit, though. It, it's been talked about a lot back at the draft that Miami does not have their 2021 first round pick. It got traded to Phoenix, and then Phoenix traded it. Um, draft night to Philly in order to get uh, Mikhail Bridges. Was it that Bridges yeah. that they got? All right. So the Bridges. Um, Miami wants to get back into the 2021 uh, draft. So they'll take Carmelo Anthony, but you got to send him the 2021 first round pick. You get back Dion Waiters and James Johnson. They both have three years on their deal. Then Oklahoma City immediately turns around and sends out Kyle Singler and Alex Abrinas to Chicago into cap space and take nothing back in return. At the end of the day, OKC saves about $12 million in salary, $36 million in taxes for a total savings of close to $50 million. And you've lost your 2021st pick, but you have Dion Waiters and James Johnson on the roster for the next three years. I like that. I know you're losing another first-round draft pick, but I think you have trade assets down the line come trade deadline or the next season, uh, 2020, that you can acquire another first-rounder maybe or an early second-rounder. And as we've seen with Diallo, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, sometimes those can plan out just as well as some of the late first-rounders, which that pick would be anyways if we're assuming everybody stays healthy. So I say yes on that one, and that's my favorite so far. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a good trade. Obviously, it wouldn't be like a Brooklyn Nets trade where it ends up being a lottery pick because we do have so many guys locked up through that season before that there's no way we'd be a lottery team. Uh, but at the same time, you're looking at you know Some next age. summer, next summer being well, not only that, but next summer is going to be a big summer for you know money and a lot of free agents out there. Um, if you if you take that deal, I mean your your books are looking pretty damn full until about 2021 when that pick would be. So I mean there's there's not a That's whole lot true. of it locks free you up long term. not not that we get 
many free agents in general, and obviously we could trade those contracts later on. But what is James Johnson going to be worth, you know, in two years? It, I mean, it, it right off the bat this year, obviously it's one of the better deals for us. But it's just you, ne- you never know what can happen. Got to be skeptical long term. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like it. It's all, I think I think it's better than straight up buying Melo out. But I still want to hear this fourth option before I pull the trigger on anything. All right, trade option number four. Carmelo Anthony and a second round pick. You are sending both of those things to the Cleveland Cavaliers. In return, you are getting George Hill and yeah, George Hill and Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver, sign me up. OKC then immediately turns around and trades Korver to a team with cap space, saving nine million in salary, twenty-seven million in taxes, thirty-seven million yeah, thirty thirty-six million dollars savings. You're losing Carmelo Anthony in a second-round pick, and you are bringing in essentially just George Hill. And then George, correct me if I'm wrong, but he only has a year left on his deal, correct? He's, so he'll be unrestricted next season? He's got or restricted. He's got two years left. He's got okay. Th- he's got 2018, 19, and then 2019, 20. He's uh, looking okay. at about 18 million over the next two years each, yep. isn't he? Um, that's a good question. I can look that up real quick. I believe it's eight. 18 million or 19 million in each of the next two seasons, which is just a lot of freaking money. And he's getting older. I know he's a defensive-minded point guard, or has been. You know, he's aging a little bit, so obviously your defensive ability goes down a little bit. I don't know. That's just—he'd be a good backup point guard, but that's—he can shoot the ball too. Really, it's not our greatest need, though. Yeah, and I, I think the, the, the thought here is you can you can play George Hill alongside Russell Westbrook. Right, so you could have lineups with like Hill, Westbrook, Dre, PG, and Grant as like your your closing Grant, five. No, Noel. Remind yeah. me, remind me again, which of these four deals saves us the most in taxes? <laughs> okay, let me get it pulled back up. The biggest savings you will get is. It looks like it is trade number two where you get P.J. Tucker and then immediately buy Kyle Kyle Anderson, Ryan Anderson out. And that saves you a little over $50 million this season. See, I think, I think I'd think take that deal overall. Like I said, the, it's the most tax savings. You're getting a guy in P.J. Tucker who plays defense. And at that point, I mean, at that point, who on our team do you not trust on the defensive end? I mean, outside of Abrinas, I mean, you're – Pretty much every guy on our, team, on our roster at that point that would actually get minutes, you know, our top 10 guys are all guys that are either known for their defensive ability or guys that have proven that they can hold their own on defense. On top of the fact Houston has no defense at that point and you're making them almost worse. And down in the in the long run, if Melo didn't stay after this year in Houston, they, I mean, I think, I think that's my favorite trade. Ooh, that... That's so tough because I really like that last pick to, or that last trade too. Uh, Mikey, Barra, and Andrew Sleck kind of sold me on George Hill today. But at the same time, PJ Tucker, I mean, it, I was going to say the George Hill trade originally makes you, it's almost like a win now trade or option, I guess, where uh, I feel like it gave you a little more depth, a little more shooting, another guy that can run the floor really well with, with your offense. But so does P.J. Tucker. He has length. He has defense. You know, he'd, he'd be really good against the Warriors. Taylor, who do you oh. – here's, here's my question for you, Taylor. Who do you like better, just just off the bat, who do you like better on our roster, uh, George Hill 
or PJ Tucker? PJ Tucker. So if you why, look at the roster, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know so if, if you, this changes your guys' you? tune at all. But PJ Tucker is under contract for three more seasons. At the end of his last year in his deal, he will be 36 years old. How much Ooh. is he making a year? Eight million a year. See, that's not that bad. I can swallow that. You know, with with you, George Hill making true. 18 yeah. million a year, I think is what I is what I saw earlier. So I mean, 24 Tucker, million compared PJ, to 36. PJ Tucker can play. The, the center down the stretch. I mean, he can, he's, he can play so many positions. Yeah, he played center in the Western Conference Finals last year, man. I mean, if if, if, if we if we had a closing lineup of Russ, Dre, PG, Jeremy, and P and and Tucker, I mean, yeah, that's five guys that can hit five guys that can. I mean, outside of Dre, they can hit the three, and then all five of them can play defense and. And you're saving the most money, and the Rockets aren't as good. And I, I just, that's I just true. think that's I like, the one you got to take. I like the Rockets losing death in acquiring Melo, so that might be enough to get it done for me. Yeah, PJ Tucker I mean, what, shot 37 percent from three on four attempts a game in Houston last season. I like that. I do too. I mean, he's he's essentially I like him. he doesn't have the the offensive ability of Melo, but he's a much better defender. He shoots the three at a at a at a the same or a better clip and probably shoots better quality looks. I mean I think that if you get him and put him exactly where Melo was, and obviously not shooting fifteen shots, but I think he's more efficient than Melo. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that from at least from yeah, I, yeah, I guess and, on both sides of the ball. And I guess P.J. Tucker gives you what I feel like this roster needs the most right now, which is a guy coming off the Shooting bench guard. who can play that three slash four. Um, okay. You know, I, I feel like with Dre, with Abrinas, with Ferguson, um, sometimes you could play Raymond Felton at the two. I feel like the Thunder have tons of guards. They don't have that that forward, that versatile forward besides Paul George. And, and and I feel like PJ Tucker could really fill that role. So is that the deal you're go- you guys are going with? I think so. Nick talked me into it. Yep. yep. All <laughs> right. Like well, according to the uncontested, the Thunder is going to trade Carmelo Anthony for PJ Tucker and Ryan Anderson. You heard it here first. Whenever Woj breaks the news, um, you can come and thank us. So. And and the Rockets. I mean, if you're looking at the, tra- if you're looking at all of these trades on, if these teams would actually be willing to make that trade, the Rockets are getting mellow, guaranteed, which seems like that's where he's leaning, anyways. But they're also getting rid of that Ryan Anderson contract they've been trying to get rid of since 1920. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's really a win for them too. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I think, think they would that take actually it. Actually, is something they may consider. I agree. I think that's very realistic. So, I think that's a. Yeah, I'd probably I like have that. to talk him into a PJ, right. but I think he could do it. Yeah, yeah, very it's good. To PJ having three more years until he's thirty-six or thirty-seven, like you said too. I mean, all these all these points. I mean, Presti obviously knows these uh, better than we do. But I mean, I, I think these are things that could happen. Yeah. Um, so on top of on top of the mellow news, there's been some smaller Thunder news as well. Uh, Raymond Felton is back, which which we talked well, about apparently. earlier. Thunder haven't announced it yet, which is kind of strange. Really? Saw some tweets about that today. 
Yeah. I, I think, I mean, we, we, we assumed he's going to be back based on the fact that he was you know, in the thunder practices with some of these guys we were working. I, I would, yeah, it, it's, it's been reported. It's a, it's a it just sure hasn't thing. been like, yeah, finalized. So I, and we said this in earlier podcasts, he, he, it, it, there's better point guard options out there potentially, but if, if we ended up with the we wouldn't be upset. So that's obviously a positive. Our backup uh, point guard position is filled. And we also picked up Nerland's Noel, um, who I love. Um, he's, we've talked about this before as well. He's never played for a contender at the NBA. A level, I think his his you know willpower will be a lot higher than it has been in the past. Um, he'll be working out hard this this off season, be looking to get better. But the the first thing when we acquired him that came through my mind is he is essentially the exact opposite of Cantor. Cantor was that guy that off the bench was a scoring threat but played absolutely Locking zero bucket. defense. Whereas yeah. Nerlens Noel has never been known for his offensive ability. Even in college, I don't think he averaged more than 10 or 11 points a game. Um, and at the NBA level, he's, he's about the same in between, you know, 7 and 10, 10, 11 points a game, but is a great defender. So it, it's kind of funny how he's literally the exact opposite skill set of Cantor. That's a good point. I'm excited to watch him run the floor. And I think we can play some really versatile li- uh, lineups. I mean, like we were talking about, you know, like a Russ, Dre, PG, uh, Jeremy Grant, Nerlens Noel lineup. That might be the best lineup in the league, which is just insane. And also, um, I was really encouraged by no- uh, Noel's kind of response and his uh, interview today at Summer League. He seems really excited and motivated to be a part of the Thunder organization, to be with a good organization, good situation again. And I think he's really excited to play with Russ and PG, who he said reached out to him and kind of recruited him a little bit. He feels wanted. Um, He also feels like he has a place and is going to be able to contribute. And I'm just hoping that alone will kind of keep the attitude away like it was like Melo. You know, we were able to keep that out uh, for most of the season. And I'm hoping the same will occur with Noel and that he will uh, just be, like you said, Nick, really versatile and uh, really good for us. Has he ever been in a locker room with – vocal leaders who will hold him accountable to the rate of Russell Westbrook and Paul George. I mean, I know Dirk's a veteran, but Dirk's not a, I'm going to call you out Super and, vocal, and get right. into you about it. Like if, if you're not working hard, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, Russell get in your ass. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He's, he's, he's never, he's never really played with a, with a star. I mean, Dirk, obviously, like you said, is a hall of famer. It's a big name, but he's never played with anybody in their prime. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this this will be easily the best team that he's ever played on. Oh, oh yeah, without without a doubt. So yeah, that's that's two two big signings. I think that there will be more signings, or maybe one or two more signings, depending on how many um, summer league guys we sign, which is our, which is our next topic. Um, you know, we've seen I think three games now, uh, from what I've noticed at least. Uh, Ferguson has blossomed into this, you know star that we thought he'd become in the summer league which doesn't scare me too much just based on the fact that on the summer league team he's the main guy um kind of he's kind of the the stud of the team or should be the stud of the team which is not the same role he'd be playing for the thunder so the fact that he's not thriving in in the star of the team role doesn't freak me out too much because he's more of a role player for us um we've seen Diallo have a, have a pretty good game uh, scoring the ball. He was efficient, almost had a double double, um, and we and we've seen you know I, I'm you guys know I'm not a fan of Daniel Hamilton, but some people have been excited to see how he's played. Um, so what what do you guys what have you guys taken from the summer league that you've seen so 
far. Taylor, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Because I got some to say. <laughs> I'll let you finish then. Finish strong. All right. <laughs> so I've watched all, all all three of these summer league games. Um, I've covered them, um, like covered them, quote unquote, uh, meaning I've tweeted about them from our uncontested Twitter account while the games have been going on. I haven't been covering them like Mikey Barra and and Brett Dawson have actually out in Vegas. But a few things that I've noticed. First off, I, I've seen some people kind of trashing Ferguson for his stat lines in Summer League. Stat lines don't mean anything in Summer League. Um, I've been told that they tried to pile Ferguson on with stuff at Summer League. They're making you that guy. You can see that, too. They're making, they're making him think so much in Summer League. And honestly, I've been pretty impressed. He hasn't got many shot attempts. Um, his, his, his three ball has looked good. It's just been short a bit. Uh, he looked a little more in rhythm today on Monday. Some of the passes he's made have been really nice. He's he's making yeah. an effort to get the ball, put it on the floor, um, make a move to open somebody else up, use his dribble penetration to create for others. And he's made some really good passes. Defensively, he's moved his feet really well. He's gotten in the passing lanes. He's blocked shots. He's looked I, – I think he's looked fine. And I don't have any worry about him. Now, flip side of that coin – Daniel Hamilton's put up crazy stats in the summer league. Um, I also think those are empty calories, right? Daniel Hamilton is gunning in this summer league. He's kind of a ball stopper, if we're being honest. A um, bit of a black hole. He's looking to, to get stats. He's looking to fill up that stat sheet. And I'm, I'm not super impressed with him. Yeah, he's got some nice finishes and he's made some decent passes. But he dominates the ball so much that it almost suffocates the rest of his team. And then Diallo, I've been impressed. He's really shown off the athleticism. He's got a little bit better of a handle than I thought he would. It's a, it's a very compact handle. His jumper has looked nice. His form has been pretty decent. You know, I, I don't think his form is broken. I just think it's a little inconsistent, and that's something that they can definitely fix. So I'm really excited for uh, Hamadou Diallo, or as Kamiar calls him, the Big Ham. And Big Ham. I think Big Ham will be on the 15-man roster. Uh, besides that, I mean, Devin Hall's just kind of been there. P.J. Dozier's kind of been there. Dakari Johnson has dominated the ball, and uh, I, think oh, he, yeah. I think he's probably jumped about 100 times in Summer League, and if you added all of them up, it probably equates to like 50 inches. So um, <laughs> Just enough to dunk. <laughs> God, I've never seen a dude over six feet or over seven feet tall that can't Struggle dunk. to get up so much. My yeah. gosh. I, and nothing against Dakari. You know, he seems like a real yeah. solid dude, and he works his ass off. He'd be he, a great backup center back in the day. He's like your old school. He, he should, your he old be, school big. Yeah, like 1988. Yeah. Like he can bruise a bit, but God, he's so slow. He can't he jump, is. no quickness. Like he's got good IQ and he's got yeah. like good vision. He just he has a good touch. A- athletically, he, just, he just cannot play in the league at all. So, yeah, he's, he's literally like his ceiling, if he were to like make a major improvement would be Greg Monroe, who can't even find a spot in the league. Yep. Agreed. So on Ferguson and Hamilton, I kind of have something to bring up there that I think kind of can ties into, ties into both of them. I really liked a down-to-dunk tweet this out. I'm pretty sure it was Andrew from the sound of it, but maybe I'm wrong. If not, credit to whoever this was. 
but I really like how they worded this. They mentioned, basically, I'm not going to read it word for word, but um, in summer league, you have a mixture of the guys you want to see, like the Fergusons and, you know, the, the two-year guys, the, uh, um, the, the the incoming sophomores, I guess you would call yeah. them. And then you have uh, the rookies coming in that just got drafted that you're super excited to see, the Kevin Knoxes and the Bridges and the et, et cetera, et cetera. But you also have the guys like Daniel Hamilton who are G League, you know, they're two-way contract guys, or maybe guys trying to get a two-way contract or trying to get a roster spot, and they're just going to go out there and showboat. I think we've seen that with Thomas. We've seen that with Hamilton. Now, me and Justin were on Twitter talking about how excited we are, or not how excited we are, but how we're optimistic about Hamilton. I do think he has a lot of untapped potential, and I think if, if you can kind of harness his talent because he's just going 100 miles per hour all, all, all the time, which causes him to lose the ball, make poor decisions sometimes. But it also allows him to get to the rim really easily. I think he does see the floor fairly well, um, at least in the half-court setting. And you know he can score, but you have to harness that. So I'm not saying he should get more than – you know, eight minutes a game or be anything more than a third string backup. But I think that, you know, if you put him in the right situation that he could play well. Now, I will say uh, today's game was the most I had watched the summer league. I didn't get to watch either two games that much. And I was focused on Ferguson. First of all, Ferguson was in great positioning. And he just it shows that he's just so used to being that role guy. He's used to playing with guys like Russ and PG who are going to get him the ball and trust in him. And you could just see, I, I loved his positioning because more often than not, you'd see Hamilton drive to the, you know, drive and attract defenders, and he's trying to do all these acrobats in the air, which kind of turned me off more from Hamilton. But Ferguson's wide open on the wing, and so you know, I, I just every time it's just like, you know, damn it, just kick it out to Ferguson, let him hit the three, and let him get that stroke going. Um, so that kind of turned me off from ha- Hamilton quite a bit. Uh, but I do like where Ferguson was positioned, and I agree with uh, what Jacob said 100% that I think. Ferguson's just been thrown so much at him, and he's not used to it. It's out of his comfort zone. Combined with him playing with these guys like Hamilton and Thomas, who are just you know showboats trying to get an NBA contract. Yeah, they're gunning. And they're gunning. It's, it's at right. It's at Ferguson's you know detriment, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. I would totally agree with that. Also, I do. I just real quick. I do. Uh, I did like what I saw from Dozier. Uh, I like how he's he's big. He's big. He's strong, and I I think he's played really well. He's been kind of fun to watch. Wouldn't be surprised if he got another uh, was on that other two way. Con- well, I say that. I guess they did just sign Deon- Deontay Burton yeah. um, from Iowa State. Just signed Dude, him to a two way contract. He can ball too. I, I, I like don't him. watch college hoops, so I didn't see him at Iowa State. I, I guess two years ago. Yep. But he man, was something last season. He is a freaking bowling ball. Man, he, he, six he's like five two fifty, but he's like, dude. There was a play today where he cut backdoor and got a pass and like reverse like one eighty, whipped it around and slammed it one handed. I was like, I didn't know two fifty could get off the ground like that, man. Like, it was impressive. Yeah, it's like yeah. I saw him. I saw him play quite a bit. He's in the Big Twelve, so I went to a bunch of OSU basketball games and saw him a bunch. I mean, obviously, this isn't saying much, but I mean, he he was in there um, getting boards over Oklahoma State centers. Like he, we had we had a couple of seven footers. That, I mean, they were soft seven footers, but I mean, he he out rebounded our big men every single time we played Iowa State. So I, he's he's definitely a a willpower and a heart kind of guy. He's going to give you all he's got. He'll do some things that a lot of six five guys can't. I just don't know how well that'll translate to the NBA because he'll be playing against other guys, you know, that are grown men. Yeah, I, I was pretty surprised we signed him that early, um, yeah. only seeing a couple games. 
Um, but I mean, it's, it's a two-way contract. I mean, our, our two-way guys last year, how much time do they actually get? Not a lot. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it, I mean, summer league, you take what you can. It's, it's just more fun to watch than anything. You can't really take a whole lot from it, but it is exciting to watch. Um, I think that's everything we have on the thunder at this point. Uh, so we'll go ahead and kick it over to the around the association. So around the association, really the most we have on that is the free agency right now. Um, we have some list of unrestricted and restricted free agents left. Uh, but just right off the bat, who are your guys' favorite? You, who do you guys think has had the best offseason so far pertaining to free agency? It's hard to not argue the Thunder. Uh, yeah. It's really hard to not argue the Thunder. Obviously, the Lakers had a good offseason. <laughs> I saw a tweet today that said, the Lakers offseason is like winning the lottery and then spending all the money on commemorative coins. <laughs> they hit the lottery <laughs> with LeBron so and then they said, oh, f*** it. Let's just go sign all these guys that don't make any sense whatsoever. That's and, so uh, true. It's pretty. I, I have no clue what they're doing. But obviously you have to give it give it up to the Lakers for getting LeBron. Um, yep. I don't know. Besides that, well, I take that back. Um, I think Indiana – has had a had a good offseason. I think they're going to be really good next year. I think Kyle O'Quinn is really good, and um, Tyreek Evans off their bench is going to be really good for them as well. So uh, I would probably say Thunder, Lakers, Indiana. Am I missing anybody, Nick? Uh, my team is going to be very unpopular, uh, <laughs> but I think Golden State had the best offseason. Oh, God <laughs> it. I forgot about that. <laughs> that dude. You guys just covered all my whole list. I had uh, Thunder, Lakers, Warriors with the biggest free agency, agency signings. Um, you know, obviously LeBron to LA locks them down long term and really helps them in the foreseeable future, as well as the PG signing for the Thunder. We're really big for both of these teams long term. And then the Warriors getting boogie was just big regardless. Now that could backfire. And, you know, this time. Next year, we could be saying, wow, what a dumpster fire that was. After Boogie then, bangs Aisha Curry and ruins the yeah. whole locker room. And then can't play basketball ever again because, you know, he's injured. But and then I also had uh, Indiana has had a pretty low-key, really, really nice free agency. And I'm excited to see, you know, see them in action and see the squad they've assembled. I think I really like their free agencies, the free agents that they picked up. So They Definitely. got the young holiday brother in the draft didn't they yes oh uh, yeah 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 that. yeah that's right i Drew's think brother. i Aaron, think uh Sarah? obviously it's not a it's not a free agent pickup but i think he is a late first rounder that's actually gonna make an impact this year he looks really good yeah, yeah. he's been playing pretty decent he comes from a good family man yeah he knows what, it, yeah. knows what it takes boy so uh speaking of family tony parker and the spurs were kind of a family but not any longer Tony Parker is headed to Charlotte. How crazy is that? That blew, blew my mind, dude. I did not believe it when that scrolled across the timeline. Yep. It is really weird. It's gonna, it, that's going to be no. it's going to be something that's going to be weird for us. Um, you know, obviously there's there's the Vince Carters and all those guys that have been yeah. playing for weird teams the last couple of years as they got older. But Probably we haven't really seen a whole lot of guys. Like we haven't seen a whole lot of guys that were like our era of players. 
um, you know, growing up in their prime. So in the next couple of years, I mean, Tony Parker's going to look really weird in, the, in a Hornets uniform, but here in the next two, three, four years, I mean, that's how it's going to be for all those guys. I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys that we grew up um, and, and they're, they're kind of stuck to one friend, not stuck to one franchise, but in our minds, they're stuck to one franchise. And that's all you can picture them in. And that's how it's yeah. going to be going forward. There's going to be a lot of guys that we watch in their primes with one team that are going to be on, on some really strange teams going forward. Yeah. It's, Blows my mind, man. So Tim Duncan's gone. Tony Parker's gone. Manu Ginobili is older than dirt. He'll be gone soon. He might die before he retires. Yeah. Um, and Kawhi may be gone. Kawhi's probably going to be gone by the start of the season, I think, at least. Um, Kyle Anderson is gone. I mean, they're left with crazy with what? Like nothing from those Murray old teams. Murray and LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, Murray, and LaMarcus Aldridge, and then a whole bunch of old dudes. Yeah. Yep. Rebuild. It's crazy. It's so crazy. End of an era, man. End of an era. Yep. Absolutely. And then Pop is supposed to retire here soon. God. After USA dude, Basketball. I'll cry when that happens. I know. Pop is the GOAT. So just some uh, some free agents we have left. Unrestricted, we have Isaiah Thomas. We have Wayne Ellington, who we've talked a lot about within our Slack. And I think we've mentioned on the last pod, really like would like to see Thunder uh, you know, pay, use that MLE on Ellington. Got Greg Monroe. Michael Beasley, Dwayne Wade, Napier, David West, Trevor Booker, Crawford, Jamal Crawford, Joe Johnson, Brandon Wright, Vince Carter, speaking of Vince, and then Nick Young, Swaggy P. Apparently, I saw a tweet today. He has a couple teams are, uh, quote-unquote, thinking about kicking the tires on him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> got Jalil Okafor and Alex Lynn as your unrestricted free agents. Though, there's, some good, there's some good names on there, man, that haven't – those are unrestricted. You can just there. go sign them. Yep. Like – is Isaiah Thomas going to end up signing for the minimum? Isn't that crazy? And I think he very well may at this point. Unless, does Phoenix have room to sign him to a little more than that? Probably. I'm not sure, I'm not sure they got an part. exception or something. But I heard Bobby Marks yeah. talking the other day. Like Players like do not want to sign the minimum because once you do, you're considered like a minimum player. Minimum player. And people won't offer you more than the minimum on your next contract. I mean, like Wayne Ellington is good. Dwayne Wade, I don't think there's any chance he leaves and goes anywhere besides coming back to Miami. But I agree. Napier's good. You know, Joe Johnson's washed. Vince Carter's washed. Alex Crop Lynn, I don't think is that bad. Play. Yeah. So there's some interesting names still on there. Still some names up there that aren't getting paid, which is crazy. Yeah. Now, there's even bigger names on this next list. Restricted free agents. Clint Capella, obviously that whole situation is really strange. Apparently he's upset really with Houston. They're like lowballing yeah. him, like dragging this yeah. thing out. But also apparently he's not getting the offers he thought he was going to get, like yeah. from the Mavericks and all these other teams. Uh, Phoenix, who were apparently interested in him before free agency. Um, so I think he's just a little upset in general right yeah. now. And Houston's using that to his advantage or to their advantage. Uh, you also have Marcus Smart which is a really interesting situation. I actually just saw a tweet before we got on the pod saying that since Sacramento struck out on the Zach Levine deal, they're going to try and get Marcus Smart or try and offer Marcus Smart now, which is kind I of saw, interesting. I saw that, and they're going to be going after Rodney Hood as well. Interesting. Uh, well, I, another one I wouldn't be surprised if Marcus Smart just ends up signing that qualifying offer. Yeah, coming, I come, think he will. Coming yeah. back to, to Boston for like $4.5 million for one more season, he's got – uh, veto power in any trade, then he can hit the open market next summer and he'll get some money. Andy had the potential to go to Marcus the, Smart's just not a guy that finals on your resume this season too. Yeah, that's true. Marcus Smart's not a guy that I see thriving 
for a team like the Kings or whatever, where he has to have more of a role. I think he's, I think for the uh, the majority of his career is going to thrive as a role player. I don't see him going to a team where he, where he gets 20 shots a game and like being some kind of star. I think he, he thrives most being on a team like Boston. Yeah. With a specific role, you know, you know what he would have fit perfect on is like the four, five years ago, grit and grind Grizzlies. Yes. yes. Would he not Such be perfect player. on that roster? With Tony Allen yes. and yes. Uh, Gasol and Root, uh, Randolph. Randolph and yeah. Conley. He Conley. That would have been fun. That would have been really fun. God, you remember when they had Tayshaun Prince? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about Prince. I yeah. forgot that Prince went there. Yeah. That's crazy. He, that That's like a perfect scenario for him. But yeah, I'm with you, Nick. Like, I don't think a featured role in Sacramento is – is conducive and I don't think it's successful for anybody. It's not going to work out for Sacramento. It's not going to work out for Marcus Smart, but that's interesting. Yep. And then two others just want to mention real quick. I'll say the best for last, but we got Yogi Farrell, who I wrote about in my article, Free Agency, that the Thunder could poss- possibly target for a backup point guard if the Raymond, Raymond Felton deal ends up being legit, which it should be. It was reported, I think, by Shams or Woj. Uh, then they probably aren't going to be going after him, and I won't be surprised if he goes back to Dallas. Yep. And then finally – our favorite. We talked a lot about it in the Slack. Maybe mentioned it in the last pod, but we've talked a lot about this past week. Jacob was watching this guy on YouTube last night until like one in the morning. This is because I have no fucking time. On, like so, <laughs> no, not no fucking time. So much fucking time on my hands that I just <laughs> waste it. Uh, Jabari Parker. Where do you guys think he ends up? Man, he's he's such a so risk. Tough. Yeah, it, it could be got such a, a reward. It's interesting. You've yeah, got to think. Yeah, if you got to think if if Boogie Cousins' injury is enough that he takes that small of money to play for a contender, maybe Jabari Parker thinks, man, I've been injured every damn year. I'm gonna go ahead and sign with a contender, and I don't, I, I, I don't know what his sign like a prove it deal. He, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That, and what, it, his, what his money situation is going to be. Yeah, it, it's interesting because Milwaukee, whenever they signed Ursan Ilyasova, they triggered their hard cap. So Milwaukee That's is true. like, they are hard cap. They have a number that they cannot go over. And yeah. like if Jabari gets yeah. a bigger offer, um, they got to let him go. That, that number is $129.8 million. Yeah, if, if Jabari gets a bigger, part, uh, bigger offer that would take him, uh, it, that if. Milwaukee would take signed Milwaukee him to over. that. It would take them over that 129. They can't do anything about it. They are hard capped. And he essentially becomes an unrestricted free agent at that point. Yeah. So that's, a good that's point. it's interesting, man. Like I, I don't know how much Jabari's gonna get. I don't know who's gonna go after him, but if I'm the Thunder, like I call him up and I say, you know, hey, come anchor our bench unit, be our third score behind Russ and PG. We'll pay you the $5.5 million MLE. You can become a free agent next summer in 2019 with all the money. One-year prove-it deal. Come make a run in the West um, and throw that throw an offer sheet at him, man. Yeah, yeah. That's two prove-it contracts, though. you got to keep that in mind yeah. between Noel and Jabari. But I'm, I'm all aboard on that, too. I think that'd be really cool to I see. I got it. If your b- bench front court is Jabari Parker yeah. and Nerlens Noel – just like, go all in on the length and versatility, length, athleticism. As oh a shout out, Agent Cross, me and him were on Twitter the other night. That's like straight from Sam Presti's Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> versatility. Uh, very successful 41 year old male in the Oklahoma City metro looking for versatility, length, and athleticism. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> 
maybe that grinder. Is, that but, is uh... <laughs> perfect. Um, well, hey, let's. Uh, I want to run through a, a few weeks ago. Um, Nick's computer crapped out on him, uh, so he didn't get to be a part of this. But Taylor, Comier, and I made some off-season predictions and bets. Some of those have actually come to fruition. Uh, some of them have not yet, so we still have some time. But I just wanted to review some of these real quick. I'm going to burn through this list, and uh, and I just want to see what we think of these things now. Uh, the first prediction was from Comier saying that two of the four will be gone from Boston. Uh, Rogier, Hayward, Brown, and Smart, two of those four would be gone. Um, how do you guys feel about that now, looking at that? I think all four are coming back. Yeah, I, I agree. Too. I was going to say, we talked about Smart, and from what I've seen of Scary Terry, it looks like he's probably going to be staying as well. Yep. So, so I'm going to get my choice of a knockoff jersey. Oh, yeah. Taylor <laughs> bet a jersey on that one. The next bet, Taylor said Cleveland would trade the eighth pick in the draft, and LeBron would still leave. Um, I already lost that one. Taylor lost oh, wait, that I, bet. I guess it was half and half. Um, well, yeah, kind of. That's interesting. Um, but the bet on that one between you and Kamiar was the loser had to wear a KD jersey and hold a sign that said KD left because of Russ. <laughs> so I'll tweet that out. That'll be a that'll good be one. Uh, the third bet or the third prediction, I said that Mo Bamba would go before Bagley and be the second big taken in the draft. Uh, I got that wrong. But nobody bet me on that, so I'm good. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for this one. Kamiar said that Carmelo Anthony would be the starting three for the Oklahoma City Thunder because Paul George would be in Los Angeles. Well, guess what, Kamiar? You owe me a four-piece from Bobo's, you bitch. <laughs> and it's going to taste Jake good. Jake has been so excited about Man. this. He, he added him as soon as it happened. I cannot wait for that Bobos. Um, that was the only bet on that one. Taylor said Kawhi would start the season as a spur. We st- This one still hasn't been uh, resolved yet, but we had no bets on that. I yeah. am probably going to lose this one. I said that Conley or Gasol would get traded from Memphis. The bet was that, between me and Kamyar. Whoever loses this bet has to call the sports animal and talk to Jim Traber about the Klan rally. <laughs> um, I have a feeling that I'm going to be calling Jim Traber about the Klan rally. What what fake name uh, should I use when I do that? Oh man, I got to come up with like a really like white trailer trash name. I was going to say. <laughs> That'll be good. You'll come up with something. Twitter followers, if if you have something for me, tweet it at me. Tweet it at him. Uh, Next one, Kamiar said Cleveland will trade Kevin Love for picks. No one took that bet. Taylor said Taylor Taylor lost this one. Taylor said the Lakers would not get any all-star. No Braun, no PG, no Boogie, no Kawhi. He lost that. He owes Kamiar twenty dollars via Cash App, and he owes me go. an icy. I'll I'm probably do that right now. Oh I, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna cash in that icy when I get my Bobos, fam. Okay, there you go. Oh, it's gonna be so good. <laughs> I <laughs> said, I said DeAndre Jordan would opt out. I got it right, but nobody bet me because you all agreed with me. And Kamiar said Denver would trade their 14th pick and Kenneth Fareed. Nobody took that bet either, and that one did not come to fruition. So we still have some that are still out there, still hanging around. Uh, we also still have our uh, free agency game between Kamiar and Nick. Winner of that gets 
lower level tickets to a Thunder game, but that one has not come to fruition yet either as we're still waiting on some of these free agents. So that was fun. I'm glad we did that. Yeah, awesome. So it's interesting. Hey, let, let's move this over. We're going to throw it back over to Taylor since Comiar is not here today. Taylor is going to run us through some Would You Rathers. You can go with this or you can go with that. Okay, all right, I got one. Would you rather be a hobo with a 5% chance of getting inherited by a rich guy or be Hitler two years before the end of World War II? Because you know you're going to have to shoot yourself, but you still got two more years as Hitler. So I know we've gone a little long tonight, so we got a lot of submissions, which we're really excited about, but unfortunately, we're going to cut them down to three, and I found three I like. We have one fun one. We have one fun one, but it still pertains to basketball, and then one fully basketball one. So I thought that was a good mix to use for the three of them. First one's a fun one from Sal Mo Nilla. He's always good for a funny one. Would you rather have Drew Brees hit you in the bare face with a thrown football that contains extreme spiral and velocity, or would you rather play three minutes at a three-minute game of ice hockey against Team Canada with nothing but shorts? Who wants it first? Nick, you take this one first. I'll definitely, I'll definitely take a three-minute game of ice hockey over Drew Brees hitting me in the. He's the most accurate QB of all time. He's going to hit you where he wants to hit you. That's going to hurt. I, I think I'm with you. I'll, I'm just, I'll get out on the on the ice rink, but playing hockey, nah. I'm just running away from those dudes. Like yeah. I'm just keeping my yeah. distance for three minutes. Someone's probably going to check me and black me the hell out, but. I, I'm not going to sit there and watch as Drew Brees throws a football in my face. Pass. I agree. I care too much about my face. <laughs> I don't want to be walking around with a swollen face everywhere and black and blue. It'd be and like that episode of the Brady Bunch shins. where she got yeah. hit in the face. I yeah. forget that girl's name. Marty or something like that. Is that right? Or am I off? I may be way off. Uh, I, 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 know. I know it's not Marty because if the girl's name was Marty, that'd be pretty <laughs> shitty. But um, no, it's point. something like that. Yeah. So the next one we have is funny, but also thunder related. We have tan sand 22 at tan sand 22. Would you rather let Tifer Diallo or teen wolf get minutes at the backup too? So I Berg. have, I have no clue what teen wolf is. So I'm going Tferg. Berg for sure. I'm going Tferg also. I'm, I'm excited about Diallo though. Great like form or something. Give, uh, give big ham two years and he's going to be a nice contributor for this team. I'm telling you guys. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I agree. I agree. I really like what we've seen from him. And then finally, at ARK, A-R-K underscore 17, asked us, would you rather pick up Wayne Ellington or uh, how do you say? Uh, Luke Richard Mute. Uh, with the mid-level exception, and this was submitted before he got signed or he before he signed with the Clippers. Uh, I think, obviously, he's been signed, so – the question is kind of irrelevant now, but I would have rather had him. That being said, this question's a win-win. I would take either. Yeah, either. Back. I, I would have had Luke and Bob Mute as well uh, because of the versatility, because of the defense, because he can play the three or the four. So I, I, I'm with you on that one, Nick. I would have taken Luke Richard Mba Amute. That's an awesome name. I do like – I know. I can't even pronounce it like most names, but um, I really like I, – I do like how he would have fit. Uh, would have contributed with length. He's a good defender, and he has a little more of a shot than some of our other guards do and forwards. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Very good. Hey, um, we're about to wrap this bad boy up. Any uh, any finishing thoughts, guys? 
Oh, hey, pop culture minute. I have a pop culture like three seconds. Okay. Game of Thrones apparently wrapped up filming for the oh, final season the God. last time ever. I almost cried when did, I saw it. Did you see Maisie Williams' Instagram post with the bloody shoes and she said, That's like, Ari cried. is done? Oh, last dude. Last standing, though. Maybe it's That's awesome. So, That's so awesome. We, we, we got just a few minutes. Since, since you brought it up, top three Game of your top three favorite Game of Thrones characters. Taylor, I'm coming to you first. Top three favorite Game of Thrones characters. I'm going to go. And, and here's the rule. Two of them can be like, you know, super like cliche. Everyone likes them. But you got to give me one like kind of off the wall dark horse. Okay. So obviously Tyrion's going to be one of my uh, main characters. Um, Jamie Lannister is another one of my favorites. I, I really have liked him. And then Braun is my uh, dude. Braun's my got such ball. good quotes. And he, yes, Braun and Tyrion have the best quotes in the show. And I think Braun surpassed him the last couple of seasons. Yeah, Braun, yeah, that's my kind of uh, low ball, but maybe not so much anymore. He's he's gained a lot of popularity with his yep. funny quotes. Nick, who do you got, Nick? Arya is my favorite by far. Uh, also, of course, you know the cliche. I love Jon Snow. And then the one that maybe isn't, you know, everyone's top three, my girl Marjorie. That's she's ah, she's something yeah. else. Nice. She's nice. Something else. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna nerd out on you guys for a second. I have favorite characters from the show and then from the book, and they differ a little bit. Yeah. Um, one that crosses both of them, Nick. I'm with you 100%. Arya Stark. Yeah. I I always liked Arya, but then when I read the books, you remember in season one. Whenever Arya is learning to use a sword for the first time with um, Cereal Pharrell at the Red Keep, her dancing yep. instructor. Yep. In the book, with the wooden swords. Yeah, in the book and in the show, um, she holds the wooden sword two-handed, and he tells her uh, a sword is not for two hands; it's just for one. And so she has to learn to fight with one hand. In the book, it specifically says that Arya removes her right hand from the sword and holds it in her left, and I'm a lefty. And whenever I read that, I was like, dude, I almost nut. I was like, Arya Stark, oh my god! She's a lefty. So I, awesome. I love Arya Stark. Um, <laughs> I also love Jon Snow. I love the relationship between Arya and Jon, and I yep. am going to freaking to cry season, in the final yep. season whenever they reunite. And Me then too. maybe my dark horse off the wall one is the Hound. Oh, the Hound, such a good. Oh the man, Hound. I do love the Hound. Best quote one. in the entire show: "If you don't shut your mouth, I'm going to eat every chicken in this chicken place." Chicken in this, yeah. <laughs> the yep. Hound. I don't even so, know. We don't. We don't even have to call him a Hound. We can just call him the Goat. The Goat. Because I love it. He is the best. So. I agree. All right. Well, hey, prediction before we leave. When we podcast next weekend, will Carmelo Anthony still be on the Thunder roster, Taylor? Yes. Nick? Uh, Taylor, I will bet you uh, Buffalo Wild Wings lunch. He will not. There you go. I like it. Okay. Ooh. You're not going to do that cheap-ass take him on Thursday whenever it's half-price wings, are you? <laughs> Full lunch. Full lunch. All right, awesome. Well, hey, thank you guys for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please go leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. The the rating, man, it takes like 10 seconds. While you're listening to the podcast, just click on our name, scroll down to where you have the stars, click five stars, click submit. You're done. 
Those ratings mean a lot to us. They help us out a lot. We've got a lot of listens over the past week on SoundCloud and on iTunes. We really appreciate that. If you guys could drop in, leave a rating, write a little review. Um, it would be awesome. It would help us secure sponsors in the future if we decide to go that route. Um, and it just it, it knocks our podcast up on the list of podcasts. So it helps us get seen more and helps us gain traction and popularity. So we would really appreciate that from you guys. Um, make sure you check out the website. Some of our articles we had over free agency are still a little relevant. Um, and we're going to be dropping more stuff as we go on. We also have a YouTube channel that you can check out. So make sure you follow us on all those platforms. The website is theuncontestedsports.com. We really appreciate everything from you guys. Make sure you follow our contributors on Twitter. Taylor is at Taylor underscore P15. Nick is at Two Cranes. I am at Thundermob405. Go follow us on Twitter. Interact with us. Um, Send us your favorite three game of thrones characters send us your your mellow trade ideas whatever hey we've also started a discord i don't have this in, in the notes but i feel like we need to mention we have this in the discord yeah. um, it's been fun. and it's been really awesome we've got about 20 people in the discord so far and we are going to drop another invite on the discord when this podcast comes out 10 more people can get in so make sure you jump on that quickly get in talk all things sports nba thunder pop culture whatever with us in the discord um We'll see if Carmelo Anthony is still on this team in a week. Hey, thank you guys for listening. Tune in next time. And as always, thunder up. Hey, guys, it's Mike. As you know, I adopted my pup Rocky from a local rescue. Now, when people ask me what kind of dog Rocky was, I was always stumped. I used an Embark Dog DNA test to decode my most puzzling questions about Rocky. You can also learn about your dog's inner secrets with Embark, the highest-rated dog DNA test. Unlock over 350 breeds and screen for over 200 genetic health risks. Save $50 on a breed and health kit with promo code KIT at EmbarkVet.com. Again, that's promo code KIT. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.